You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right, Detroit, get ready. Our first guest on the Detroit Bicycle Podcast, our first in-house guest, is a legend. Um, I think uh, collectively we are very proud to have him here today. Oh, there's no question. No question whatsoever, man. Um, This is a huge score. It's great for the show. So uh, I'm going to have to pay you guys each 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you better get in here, Bobby. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so um, just to give you a short list of uh, some of the accomplishments, uh, this gentleman has produced, <coughs> built, and ran the velodrome in the Olympics of 1996, 2002, 2008. He also built the velodrome in the Pan-American Games in 2016, as well as the Commonwealth Games in 2010. But most of you will know him more familiar with being a homeboy Born in Michigan. Yeah, he's from Southeast Michigan, man. It's awesome. Yep. So that makes it even that much sweeter. Um, And he has just recently completed, oh, just over a year ago, his second velodrome here in Detroit. It's the Alexis Velodrome, um, with the first one being in uh, Bloomer Park. Uh, But we're here to talk about the magnificent facility of the Alexis Velodrome. It's amazing, man. It's, it's absolutely it's fantastic. It's stunning. Uh, and if you haven't guessed who is in the house by now, let us introduce you to Mr. Dale Hughes. Ladies, yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the accountable. <laughs> Dale Hughes in the house, guys. Well, thank you, guys. And thanks for coming in, man. We're very, very proud thank to you. have you. So uh, Dale just celebrated his year anniversary for the opening of the Velodrome um, just a few weeks ago. Was it? Correct. And uh, uh, just a little background for you all that don't know, um, the Velodrome is a cycling fitness facility uh, that is brought to you by the Detroit Fitness Foundation. Um, It's located right off of the 75 and the Warren exit? Mac, uh, Avenue. Mac Avenue. I'm sorry. That's the Tolan Playfield. Yes, Tolan Playfield. Yeah, play the Eddie Tolan Playfield. Yeah. Mac right Avenue there. exit, yes. Um, um, and, oh, fantastic. You brought up the name of the field, the Tolan Field. Right. Um, uh, Dale, before we get into you about yourself, please uh, describe uh, Tolan Field, why the, the name and why the significance of that uh, facility being there. Well, Tolan Playfield is located right there at uh, Mack Avenue, right at I-75 uh, on the, what is that? It's on the northeast, northeast or northwest corner. corner. Right. Yeah, northwest, northwest corner. corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about nine acres. Uh, it was called, I think, Crockett Field for quite a few years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but in 1932, there was a young Detroiter. His name was uh, Eddie Tolan. And in the 1932 Olympic Games, he won two gold medals in running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came back to Detroit and was a coach and a teacher. Uh, his, his coaching was mainly, I think, in football. 
Uh, of course, Detroit's got such a history in football, so oh, that yes. makes sense. Yes, they do. Uh, and yeah. then in 1968, uh, the city council renamed the park uh, after him, so it's called Tolan Playfield. He was actually Jesse Owens' hero. No kidding. Uh, nice. and he wow. was, and he was known as being a very peculiar kind of a runner. He had short legs. Uh, most of the runners were taller and he wore these, uh, big glasses, hmm. thick glasses. And everybody said, how could he run so fast? But he was a, he was a, he was a blazing fast runner. Yeah. Right. He went to, uh, Cast Tech too. Yes, he did. Right. In the uh, University of Michigan. Uh, yep. Yeah. There you go. And the, the, the fact that we're continuing the history of the city in, with the, uh, location of the Velodrome is, uh, pretty amazing to me. Uh, would you uh, care to elaborate on the facility and uh, what exactly you do there? Well, the Lexus Velodrome is uh, is an air structure. Uh, it is 64,000 square feet inside. Wow, okay. uh, we have what we call three fields of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a uh, eighth-mile, four-lane uh, running track that we use for running, uh, inline skating, quad skating. Uh, we use it for uh, health fairs and displays. Uh, one of the things we're – Part of our mission statement is to really provide programming for seniors. So we have uh, oh, Tuesdays sweet. and Thursdays. We have free walking program for seniors from nine to eleven. That's so we awesome. get uh, okay. nice. we get a hundred to two hundred seniors that come there every Tuesday no and Thursday to, to okay. walk in the mornings. Right on. Uh, <laughs> you know we've got the good uh, music blaring, uh, mm-hmm. mainly Motown because that's the era of, of, yeah, of a lot of those of those folks. I guess my era. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know I think they're having a good time. You know the seniors have a lot of places to walk out in the suburbs because they've got the malls. Right. Yeah. Although those are just Appearing. They are, uh, yeah, they but are. in the city there is no mall. But uh, now they have the Lexus Velodrome to uh, to awesome. be able to walk That's in. Sweet mm-hmm. to hear. So yeah. uh, we also have uh, and, and used on those uh, running lanes. We call it the ET Oval. Uh, after Eddie Tolan. Eddie Tolan. Cool. Uh, yeah. We have a little bike polo area right over yeah. there. We also have a uh, <laughs> uh, silky. On Tuesday nights we have disc golf uh, guys and oh, gals really? coming in throwing disc golf okay. on Tuesday that, this nights. This is on the interior. No, this is on the uh, on one of the corners of the running track. No okay. kidding. All right. Uh, okay. So we we like them. They 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 have a beer or two afterwards. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, not the disc golfers, man. They never <laughs> helps pay the bills. Of course. Nice. Right, so that's course. the one facility. Then we have a 1200 square foot uh, fit, uh, fitness studio so we have you know the bamboo floors and the mm-hmm. mirrors and uh, all the oh, equipment nice. and everything mm-hmm. so uh, we've got a great uh, instructor Nakia Gaither uh, who runs uh, you know the fitness classes there so we have uh, three or four fitness classes going every day uh, and then of course we have the world class Olympic style velodrome which is you're right is a cycling track mm-hmm. uh, that is a tenth of a mile uh, actually, it's a 166 meter because uh, everything is European based as far as <laughs> measurement goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about a tenth of a mile. So you do 10 laps at the bottom of the track, which is the racing a- area, and you've done one mile. Okay. Okay. So uh, it only takes me about seven minutes to do that. <laughs> 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 when, I, when I first started going out there, all I could hear it would be quiet, it'd be crickets because I was there like in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. and all you'd hear is Dale. Pick it up, Bruno. You're going to fall off the track. Well, you do have to go that minimum speed about 15, 16 miles an hour Just to, stay, uh, okay. to stay on the banking. The banking right. is uh, 15 degrees in the straights and it's 50 degrees in the turns. Amazing. 50 degrees. Uh, mm-hmm. We got to what we are now, but we want to learn how you got to where you are today. 
Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I was a typical guy born in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents moved out in the early 60s out to farmland out in Rochester, went to Rochester High School, graduated from Oakland University, wasn't sure what I was going to do, had a degree in business, mm-hmm. uh, was working uh, uh, underground, putting in fire hydrants and stuff like that. <laughs> my sister went over to school, over to Germany to learn the, the, in her final year of college, to, she was going to become a German language teacher. So she wanted to spend a year in Germany to learn the language really well. Sure. So I went and visited her, saw a bike race for my first time, uh, came back home and said to my dad, hey, I, I, I had knew that he had $9,000 saved. And I said, Dad, can you loan me $9,000? <laughs> you just picked a random number. <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. Let me see. And I had a guy next door, a young young man next door to me, my neighbor, and he didn't go to college and wasn't sure what he was doing. I says, well, go ask your dad for $9,000. <laughs> and I says, we'll be 50-50 partners. So I opened up a bike shop out awesome. in Rochester. Uh, this was in 1972 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it called? Uh, it was called Dale and Dave Citation Cycles. Wow. Uh, you, so you saved a little money on the, ad, <laughs> on the marketing. <laughs> so we were there a couple years, and then I had met a world-class coach uh, based out of here in Royal Oak. Uh, his name oh, is cool. Mike Walden. And Mike Walden uh, was, a, was a, a world-class coach. He coached uh, uh, about 125 national champions here in Detroit. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, wow. He built the velodrome that's out at Mound and Outer Drive. That's mm. sort of the remnants are sure. still there. Yes. Right. Uh, held the national championships there, and he asked me, hey, can you help me out at the event? I helped him out in the event. And about a year later, I went and met with him again and said, I'm not sure I want to stay in retail. What could I do? And he said, well, build a velodrome. And I says, okay, I really don't know anything mm. about that. And he says, well, figure it out. <laughs> uh, so myself and three other young guys sort of pooled all our monies, and we just started building a track. We built it to size to fit inside the hockey boards of an arena. Oh, cool. Our right. concept was to be able to take it from all the arenas. Uh, and we could put this velodrome up in 24 hours, mm-hmm. take it down in nine hours. We had three trailers that we had it stored in, and we had our own tractor so we could drive anywhere we wanted nice, to. Nice. We did races uh, all over the country. Uh, got a call from Universal Studios one day, and they wanted to do a remake of an old Shirley Temple movie called Little Miss Marker. And it was the one that made Shirley Temple famous. Hmm. Uh, so they were doing a national search for the new Shirley Temple. I think her name was Sarah – I can't remember the last name. Cute little girl. But anyways, they wanted the in the original script – uh, they, in the original movie, they didn't have the bicycle scene in it, the track scene in it, but, uh, in the original script, they did. And this director wanted to go back to the original script. And it was great cast, Walter Matthau, Julie Andrews, Tony Curtis, oh, wow, okay. Bob Newhart. <laughs> uh, we were out in California. We all had long hair, and we, we went in there, and we part of the deal I made was that we could also be extras in the movie, so we could make a little bit more money. Nice. But, nice. but you know, they had to. I appreciate the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, I appreciate the hustle. <laughs> so they they cut our hair off, just you know, above the ear, like a bowl. You know, and today it would be probably pretty hip, but back then it was like, you know, you really need to be in maybe shots that, fired, yeah, shots fired. Maybe you need to be in that mental hospital, guy. Uh, so we all had hats and we had to wear hats all the rest of the time till our hair grew up but uh, <laughs> but it was a, it was we were a one minute scene uh so then uh so we traveled around the country with that portable track uh came back here to detroit uh uh we parted ways with my partners i was doing all the work and i always saw four hands sticking three other hands sticking oh, out when we had any money so i had enough of that yeah 
so then uh, the other guys were in charge of the track, and uh, I'm the only person in the world, and this one is a, in, the only person in the world that has ever had a velodrome stolen. Yeah, uh, I read about this, and I heard about. I heard actually, I heard about it from your son. To be, in all honesty, I mean, you know, I know John, and I've known John a long time, and he told me that story, and I was like, I, 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 truck thieves hot wired the tractor and drove off with the three trailers, and uh, oh, we we were young guys, had no insurance, so uh, so that was that was it. So. To, to shorten the story, but so, you bounced back, man. Well, let's, let's talk about the bounce yeah, back. Right, you know, let's right, about the, let's talk about right. the, well, the Detroitness. Then I put on a lot of uh, criteriums. Uh, did a series for eleven years called the Tour to Michigan. Mm, it was part yeah. of Michigan's hundred fiftieth birthday, the sesquicentennial. Wow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> really proud of myself. Yeah. I said it. And got that. We, uh, we could edit that actually yeah. if you needed to. So go ahead and uh, you know. But over good. over eleven years, we gave out about four hundred thousand dollars in prizes. Uh, we gave away. Eight cars, two what? trucks, and six cars. Yeah, <laughs> I had a race in downtown Birmingham where I gave away two trucks. Awesome. In a missing out in an elimination race. Oh right, right, and, right. Uh, so that was fun. So I did that for eleven years, and then uh, uh, in 1995, I got a call from the Olympic Committee that said uh, we're looking to build uh, uh, the track for the Olympic Games in Atlanta, and we'd like to have an American builder. Would you be interested? And I said, of course, yes. Hey, did they meet you by then? <laughs> had they met you before that? No, I'd uh, okay. That explains. Uh, I'd taken the the portable track around, so a lot of people within they, they the National knew. Federation right, knew, knew who I was. Right, that's cool. So then that sort of gave me my international credentials, nice. and so then I built it. You sort of misrepresented. I've only built for one Olympic Games. I built for two <laughs> co- uh, Asian Games. Right. One in uh, one in Korea. One in uh, Qatar. I did the Commonwealth Games in uh, India. Uh, I'm building one now in uh, okay. in Tel Aviv. Wow. Just in fact, I was on the phone today with Tel Aviv. Uh, we're just wrapping that one up, and I'm finishing one up in uh, Peru, in Lima, Peru, for the no Pan Am Games uh, this this summer. Crazy. So that's a lifestyle, man. Yes, like, like we're just doing a podcast <laughs> because we like cycling. This man has turned in his entire like his life, his career is 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 in cycling. Well, I have a couple of the old guys that I knew way back when that were friends uh, of of Mike Walden. Who Mike Walden ended up having a daughter that I met, but didn't have met her for a few years, and ended up I ended up marrying her. And... Right, right, right. Hey, that's that coach he was talking about. When he was talking about that coach, he left that part out. I don't want. I don't. You know. I don't want to get in there. But it's all good. It's like I heard that coach had really beautiful daughters. <laughs> so the lineage is just thick then with this, with your, with John. Right, so right, he's right. Got it on both sides. Yeah, my sons are doing good. I got three boys. Right. Uh, one's a flight attendant and teacher for Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Christopher nice. is a teacher at uh, a phys ed teacher at uh, Country Day. Goodness, uh, goodness. And then John's my oldest, and uh, of course he's got the downtown Ferndale bike shop mm-hmm. and the downtown Detroit bike shop. Yes. Right. Yes. Which we, you know, if you, if you haven't been there, man, go in there. They got some everything. Yes. It's a different kind of a bike shop. It's right. not. It's not your typical trek or specialized Correct. factory store. Yeah, right, store. right, right, right. It's uh, not gonna. There's not gonna be like. There's no prim and Prim and uh, what's the right word? I'm There's not going to be a lot of yeah, factory yeah, posters. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> no, there will there will be some dogs in there. Yeah, they same. don't bite. They're really yes. cool. So there could be some know. grease on the floor. So <laughs> a little, little, little bit, a little bit, and a chewed up tube. But, you know. <laughs> chewed up tube from the dogs. Yeah. So the 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 interesting <clears throat> thing I think that's uh, happened to me is I traveled around the world. Uh, certainly have uh, enjoyed those kind of experiences, but you really don't appreciate what we have here in the United States mm. of our, what our, really our rights are. 
Uh, I've done stuff in Kazakhstan. I built a track, and you're dealing with basically Russian mafia. Oh, uh, no. Built one in uh, Sri Lanka. <laughs> Oligarch track. Uh, it was tough. I had a partner who does the construction, the carpentry, and basically we had to play good cop, bad cop. I was – they wouldn't let me back in, and I was the I was the bad cop because they weren't paying us. <laughs> he was the good cop because he was there and trying to finish the job, but they wouldn't pay us. And uh, so the guy was uh, our crew was finished, and he was leaving the hotel. And the hotel guy says, "You haven't paid your bill." And he says, "No, the general contractor's paying that." And he says, "Well, he hasn't." And uh, and I says, "He says, well, what if I leave here?" He says, "If you leave right now, I can guarantee you I'm going to call the police, and you won't get to the airport." So my partner said, okay, what's the deal here? And he says, well, the, the general contractor says, here, you sign this piece of paper and uh, we'll pay the hotel and it'll be no problem. And he looks at the paper and it says, oh, well, it says that we're paid in full even though you still owe about a quarter million dollars worth of all the material. So he said, I'm not signing that. And he says, well, then you're not leaving. Oh, man. So my guy says, well, give me a talk. Give me a minute. And he went <laughs> talked to went, went out of the room and called his, uh, one of his workers who was his – Huge German, about six foot eight. About <laughs> I guess if you got to know one. <laughs> and he says, go get the chainsaw oh. and go over to the track. Oh. And he says, and if I, you don't hear from me within the next 10 minutes, just start cutting it up. So he went back to the guy, the general contractor, and the contractor says, so you decide to sign this? He said, no, I'm not going to sign this. And he says, well – then you're not leaving. He says, well, I think I am. He says, because if I don't call my, my guy over there in another eight minutes, mm-hmm. he says, he's got a chainsaw and he's cutting up that track. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so they paid the whole bill, hotel bill. They got out of the country. Ladies and gentlemen, that's so, an exclusive. Right. right. You're not right going right to get that you're on too many podcasts, bro, right. for well, real. I was building one. I met the president. I met the president of Sri Lanka. Nice. Pretty cool. Meeting a president of a country. Right. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, working with this this other contractor there, and he was a very nice man, and uh, and he was sort of on my side, and uh, we were dealing with the president, sort of like his right hand man, it seemed like, and uh, so we were building this thing, and this this guy was not a not a friendly guy, and he says to me, you know, you know, you're not working fast enough, you're not getting it done fast enough. I says, <laughs> I says, come on here, you gotta give me a break here. So. Uh, so basically, I find out that he's actually the arms, uh, uh, the guy that buys arms under, the you know, the, he's the arms <laughs> dealer for the president because they had a little Whoa. war going on. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> I got out of that country. Too. Yeah. yeah. So going back to saying we have unbelievable rights here, like even in Germany or Europe, you're sort of really guilty and you have to prove your innocence. Mm. So we really, you know, people don't really realize, even though, you know, our system isn't perfect. Sure. And it's turned a lot of people in jail that probably shouldn't be in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has also made sure that a lot of people that were innocently accused of things didn't get to go, didn't have to go to jail. Go so, ahead and say that again for the people yeah. in the back, because uh, I got to go get my paperwork cleaned up on February 9th. <laughs> I'll just let y'all know. So one day I got a call about three years ago. I got a call from a gentleman. I put my hand over the phone and said, to My wife, oh, he speaks English. Uh, so that was a good sign. And he said he wanted to build a, a, a track in Detroit for the, for the kids and leave a legacy for mm-hmm. the sport and see if we can't do something wow. fun. So he was a, a gentleman who had made his income from, uh, 
from the auto industry and uh, his family had. And he said, uh, I'll fund it. You make it work. Mm. Uh, the mission statement we have is to provide fitness and sporting opportunities for area residents with a focus on youth and seniors. So all our programming for kids is free, 17 and under. That's the best thing. That's amazing. Then we have senior walking programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're pretty happy. Uh, we have a nice little we, – we do a lot of live streaming. Uh, mm. We have a nice video up there now on our website. Please go check it out. Yeah, yeah please go check it out. Go to Facebook and go to Lexus Velodrome. Uh, uh, check out the latest ad because right, it, it is nice. WWF, Superman, and some of my pro riders. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely drop the link on that. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah. We want everybody to come out and check it out. It's a great thing. When you uh, when you go down there and you see the young kids, like mm-hmm. the grade school kids, mm-hmm. and they're on their little track bikes mm-hmm. and at first they're like all right there's no brakes like what do i do and they start to move and they start to get around the track and they get a little bit higher up and they get a little bit higher up and they get a little bit higher up and they come off that track with a grin on their face that like you can't that's wash that off yeah. yep. you know what i mean that's a that's yeah. a permagrin like that's yes, gonna last well, our youngest you know? rider has been five years old but mostly it's 10 to 12 year olds sure. to have enough power to to go that 15 miles an hour mm. minimum speed our oldest is 81, excuse me, 81 wow. years old. And yeah. he comes out six months ago. He never saw a track in his life. Came, came into the building and said, do you think I could do this? And I says, well, let me, let me, let me work with you. And at first he could only do like a lap and a half. Mm. Uh, now he comes out three, four days a week and he does, uh, uh, 150 to 250 laps. 81, 81 years old. Out there crushing it. It is never too late. No. Right. There's no excuse for you. No, no. <laughs> if you are listening right now yes, to a podcast, there's yes. no excuse. You can get up and go down to the velodrome and, uh, they will put you up. Yep. So upcoming, we've got some fun things coming up. We've yes, got uh, uh, some races, our Saturday night uh, rumbles, we call them. Mm-hmm. Those are sort of sort of regional, local and regional races. Mm-hmm. Uh, then once a month, we have a big race. Uh, the next one is uh, February 15th and 16th and 17th. Mm-hmm. On 15th and 16th, we're having a, a, a big race. Uh, we'll give away about five grand in prizes. Oh, we'll have riders nice. from all over the country. Uh, and then on the 16th and 17th, uh, we're going to have a bike show. Uh, so we've got uh, about 20 bike shops that are coming down. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to have the first human power pursuit race between two human power vehicles on the track. Oh. A two mile, a two mile challenge. Okay. I saw, I saw a little bit of, I saw a little bit of the video when Joaquin yeah. was riding the, uh, yeah. one of them around the track. Okay. Okay. And, uh, he's, he just said he didn't exactly fit into the cockpit, but like if, <laughs> if you did, uh, what do you get up to? About thirty miles an hour? I think he got about thirty-seven. I think. Yeah. Said. Okay. Wow. So I mean, you're talking about wow. like high rates of speed are going to yeah. go down. So that's going to be exciting. <laughs> our riders, our pro riders, get up to about forty-three, forty-four miles an hour. My goodness. Right. Yeah, I get tired watching them. Yeah, at forty-three. No, they're moving pretty good around that track. Right. right. Definitely. Yeah, it exactly. is. A, it is a sight. Like you, you can watch video. You know, obviously on their website. Uh, also on PBS, because I've seen it on PBS mm-hmm. before, right. which right. is pretty cool. You're just randomly channel surfing, and you're like, oh, some Belladrome racing on PBS. Right. Yes, I'm going to sit here and watch this for a yeah, while. Right. So that's always a welcome sight. You know, right. the building itself, um, from seeing it in some of the, the early phases, you know, of actually, mm-hmm. like, no machines. No, this is all hand-built. Like, gentlemen are there carrying you know, these big slabs of wood planks onto the metal track that's right. been built. Right. Seeing that skeleton early on, it was it's nothing that I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, 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 and to have it here. Right. Yeah. It's it, like to have it to be ours. <laughs> yes. Like yes. Not, I mean, 
It's not ours, but it's ours. Yeah. You know? no, I, no, I think it is ours. It's it's ours. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, Our goal it, is to try to see if we can't get some kids that uh, never saw Velodrome in their life, didn't even know what the word was, uh, to see how far we can get them. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, if they just get for fitness, that's a win. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we know that we've got some wonderful engines, and I look right. it out there as we've got the engines, and now we have the facility, we've got the coaching, mm-hmm. so, and it's free. So we're just, we just need, if you got some kids out there, especially in the, uh, 12 to 17 age, bring them down. I do know Uh, some. There's, there's full college rides that are available. I've gotten about a half dozen kids that have gotten college scholarships in track cycling. Fantastic. So let's, uh, let's, let's get them out there. I had to go to the college that would take me. (laughs) 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 Like the last college. They were like, yeah, maybe. So that's nice. Um, so, uh, what's the young talent coming out of the, out of the track right now? You, I mean, what are some names we should look for coming, you know, coming up? Well, the Capella brothers, uh, Jimmy and Jackson are certainly in the forefront of, uh, okay. some young guys, uh, 16 and, and, uh, 14 year olds. Okay. Uh, we're going to take, last year we took nine kids to the national championships were held in Pennsylvania last year. We got a silver, a bronze and a couple of top tens. Nice. Wow. Uh, this next year it's out in LA. Uh, we're hoping to take somewhere in the 15 to 25 kids out there. No uh, and we've got the funding to make it so that we can pay their airfare and those kind of things. So if we can find some kids that want to get dedicated uh, yeah. to really train uh, because uh, there's a lot of riders uh, around, the, around the country that are serious about racing. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, that actually brings up a question I had. Are, are Successful cyclists, are they born or are they trained or is it a combination of both? Well, I think, I think the, the extraordinary athletes are born with a capacity that is just higher than anybody and they could probably do several different sports and excel gotcha. at it. Okay. So I think there's a, there's a capacity that, uh, uh, that you're born with. Uh, that will favor some people over others. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get two people that are with the pretty same capacity, then it's a matter of desire and training and, sure. and what they really want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, cycling is, uh, we've proven it's a, it's a lifetime sport. You can do mm-hmm. it yes, when it you're is. five years old and you can you keep do. on doing it when you're 81. <laughs> yep. uh, so, you know, life. even though you might not hit as high up as you'd want to get, uh, but, uh, when we took the kids out to Cal- uh, to Pennsylvania, two of them hadn't been out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I suspect that when we go to California, there's going to be several of those kids that have never been on an airplane before. Sure. So I, I think there's some life, right. life experiences. Yes. yes. And, uh, through I think cycling. That, through cycling. And I think the thing about cycling is, unlike, you know, four guys can get together with a basketball and, and have some fun shooting hoops and playing, playing a little game. Mm-hmm. Cycling, you sort of have to do your dues of getting some fitness level before it becomes fun, sure. which is a challenge. But that that's is a, true. That's the same with, <laughs> that's, that's the same with other sports. I mean, you can't be much yes. of a runner at first if right. all you can run is a block, right. you know. It's got to be some memory. So you, you've got to put some effort behind it. Mm-hmm. But it is something that, uh, you know, people are doing as a lifetime. Yeah, uh, because there's racing. I think you know we took. Uh, I think we had about. I think we had about seven or eight riders that were what we call masters, thirty-five plus, going to the national championships. Oh man! Because there's so there's nationals for every age group. Sure. Okay. Uh, we have two. We have a ten-year-old that's will be racing an eleven, twelve-year-old this year. She <laughs> is phenomenal. I'd say she's got a good shot at winning a national title for her age group. We've got a 12-year-old boy. <clears throat> he'll be 13, so he'll be racing 13, 14. He's definitely going to be in the hunt mm. for uh, for podiums. Okay. Uh, wow. So 
<laughs> Representing Detroit. Yeah, it's amazing. Detroit it's young talent coming out of the city. Right. Get, there's many more kids out there we know. Right. Yes. So get right. them down there to uh, Well, I, go, you go back to Mike Walden when he coached it. He at one time uh, had three women, two from Detroit, one from Flint. They were world champions on the track, world gold medalists, hmm. one or the other, one of the three for 10 years. Oh, for 10 years, one of the three girls, wow. women, were world champions. He produced over 125 national champions. Wow. He produced uh, two uh, Tour de France riders, mm. Frank Andreu, who almost won the last uh, final stage mm -hmm. of the Tour de France. Right. He also trained uh, Jeff Pierce, who did win the final stage huh. of the uh, of the <laughs> Tour de France. Wow. Right. So there's there's a lot of history here. Lots. I have to say that because my wife might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope she is. That's uh, yes, he was a real know. bugger, actually. <laughs> Detroit by cycle. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> so I invite everybody out to come. I think the point you were making is you can see the videos uh, and you can see pictures. It's not the but same. It's not it's, the same when you go the down same. there. And I invite the people to go down the stairs and go into the infield, yeah, but to. then come back out and walk in the sky walkway around. Because right. when you see it from the top down, yes, all of a sudden that 50 degrees thing, yep. it looked pretty steep from the mm -hmm. inside, but man, it is really quite yeah. steep. <laughs> it's really steep when you're on the track. <laughs> like when you finally get brave enough to move your head and you look down and the, like, the concrete's <laughs> over your ear and you're like, oh, I better pick it up. Yeah. I really better go faster here. Um, so uh, what can people do? We got people that are listening to the podcast. What can people do to, to uh, help facilitate what you got going on? What, what, can, what can the public do to help the Lexus Velodrome and the programs you have available? I really think the best thing is people can do is bring down their kids, their grandkids, their nieces, their nephews. Okay. Uh, we, check it out. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, if, if you're if you're a school teacher, uh, let's let's do a field trip. Mm -hmm. If you're involved with the school, let's do some field trips. If you were the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, let's get some troops down there. Uh, we've got the bikes, the helmets, the shoes, the equipment. All available. We, you know, and again, that's what our mission statement is, and it's free. Free. So it's a matter of uh, getting down there. <laughs> right. right. Hey. Yeah. Fr. Right. 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 During the shutdown, that's yeah. free. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, before we let you go. I'm a, I, I'm I'm springing something on everybody. Okay, here. so here we go. Let's um, let's see what you got here. I'm, so, I'm okay with a hug, but nothing more. Okay? <laughs> well, you get those. That's Henry Ford, man. You're gonna get a whole lot of. That's like a hug and a half. So I've had this for years, and it actually came from oh. the 1996 awesome. Olympics in Atlanta. You're right. Will you sign this for me? I absolutely would. I would. No problem. Love that and. Uh, I think this will be something this show will uh, for always cherish as uh, you being our very first in-house guest and uh, us trying to really make a difference as you have around here. I appreciate. Yeah, it. we're just That's trying to. Cool. Yeah, we're trying to step up and be on that you know that Dale Hughes level. For I mean, you know, we're never going to get there because well, I mean it'll take a few years. Right, it's going to no. right. It's going to take He's a while, some, but I'll give you a couple weeks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's my man, Dale Hughes, guys. Um, yes. You want to? Uh, you, we had a, uh, some rapid fire questions. You wanted to oh, throw at, at uh, Mr. Quick. Hughes yeah, before so he leaves, real quick. The, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a reoccurring event with all of our guests. Um, we've got uh, quick questions that we want our guests to ask answer with short, quick answers. Um, and we maybe uh, Bruno is actually going to be timing us, so he's going to keep you on point. Okay, yeah. I'm a, ready. Um, <laughs> your first bike. Uh, the first bike I can remember was a J.C. Higgins three-speed, bought at Sears. Nice. 
Um, your favorite ride? Well, it was the time trial up in Pinnaball, which is up north. Uh, that's really where I met my wife in a real way. Nice. nice. What? Uh, what? So generally, we would ask what you, what brought you back to cycling, but you have never left cycling. Right, that's the dream. Like, like I must admit, I I've been a. My wife says, "Talk about a guy with a singular focus." <laughs> uh, I, I have had that, yeah. uh, and the, the crux of it is because of the the one game we play, which is called the Madison, which is the mm-hmm. relay race, which that's, is really yes. what it's all about for me. Fantastic. Describe your blank. My wife is really beautiful. Oh, yeah. smart is that? My, my man from Amsterdam, right here in the house. Like, and can we just, just let's just take a moment, man? Let's just take a moment of silence for the genius. <laughs> Finally, final question. Um, sorry. Oh, one wish for Detroit. One wish. I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I think actually we have so many of the facilities that one day we could actually host the Olympic Games. Mm. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Right, right. Right. From a man who knows about the Olympic Games. But you think about it. We have so many world-class facilities. We do. Little Caesars. We've got football fields. We've got soccer fields. Close proximity. All within everything. Mm, We really wouldn't have to build too many more facilities. And hotels. Uh, And and who who would have thought? I mean, everybody would have laughed at us. 10 years ago if we would have sure. said Detroit. Yeah. But now I think we you know we've got a vibe that's pretty cool it's around a possibility. the world, you know. Right. I used to travel and when I traveled somebody sit next to me on an airplane they say where you live and I said Detroit you hear them go Oh, <laughs> they clutch their, grab their purse, grab their personal. And then I say, "Where do you live?" And they say, "California." I says, "Oh, where there's mudslides and fires and earthquakes <laughs> and pollution." Mm-hmm. Is that where you want to live? <laughs> <laughs> just stay in California. Yeah. We'll, we'll hold this down. We'll we got this right. Well, I just want to say uh, for the show and for myself and uh, you know Bobby and Henry, uh, it's just been a pleasure to absolutely have you in here. Uh, thank you very much for coming down and uh, giving us what is your valuable time, and I really do appreciate it, Dale. Yes. I, I very well, much appreciate you, very you much. guys. Glad what you're doing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think we're spreading the gospel. And, we uh, try. And right. again, uh, go to Facebook for Lexus Velodrome uh, or uh, LexusVelodrome.com. Thanks, guys. Have there a great you day. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. The great Dale Hughes. All right, we got Bruno up next uh, with the Chop Shop. Bruno, always in the streets. Bruno, where were you uh, this past week? All right, so this past week I was down at uh, Metropolis Bike Shop, and they're uh, located in Corktown, uh, just down the block from uh, the Mercury Bar and Roosevelt, you know, the Roosevelt Park and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great location. Yep. And uh, I was down there, and I talked to Shane and Ted, and, uh, you know, this is what we talked about, man. Please enjoy. All right, so your role model, Shane. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really, I wasn't like born into bikes. I didn't even choose it. Welcome really. to Corktown. <laughs> yeah. No, my car got stolen a couple times. And I was, you know, back then the unemployment rate in Detroit was like over 50%. Yeah, it was pretty rough. And I couldn't get a job anywhere. And I was just kind of forced into, you know, the bicycle. It was my way to get around and stuff like that. And I found back alley bikes. And one of the, uh, one of the, I don't know, like leaders over there was this dude, Jack Van Dyke, and he was kind of coming, coming at bikes from a, I don't know, like from a, from like an intellectual uh, 
side and like an aesthetic side. Okay. And I was always really, I was, was interested in the idea of the bike, as well as like the shape of bicycles. Right. But I mean, with the, if you can learn how to fix a bike, it just like unlocks so many other doors. You know, right. suddenly you realize the whole world is made out of nuts and bolts and like everything and fits together and everything harmony. is either like screwed or glued together and then a lot of things, the whole world just becomes easier to figure out. Right. Yeah, that's cool. And I just love like the transportation side of it. Like you don't really need cars or buses or trains. Like you can ride your fucking bike to Chile or wherever. Right. If you really yeah, want you to. Yeah, you could. You know. Right. And you can use the bike to just get out of your situation, you know. You right. like worked with lots of kids who are like coming up in some like not good situations. Right. And it was it was awesome to be like, dude, you can leave this place and never come back. Right. Get on a bike. So I was like really really inspired by that. Um yeah, by Jack. Also this dude Sheldon Brown. It's just kind of a I don't know, he's got this like Bicycle glossary website that's like impossible. I would, I would go as far as to say cycling legend. Cycling yeah. legend, yeah. Sheldon Brown, the late yeah. Sheldon Brown. But I learned tons of stuff just from going home at night after my bar job and just like just trying to read this entire website for hours. Okay. And, so, and also, like a person with like who's just not just like not exactly swallowing what's like crammed into the bicycle world by the industry. Okay. You know, here's a person who's just like really taking it apart and poking little holes in the, I don't know, just in the, uh, just like the, the bike industry like narrative. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. All right, so um, you're great mechanics. Uh, what's the key? What's it take to be a good mechanic? If, you, if someone was coming up, if a young man came into the shop and said, hey, I'd like to be a mechanic, what, what are you gonna tell him? Well, I don't know, it's a tricky question because there is definitely some just like natural inclination to being a good mechanic. If you're good with your hands. Right, you know, have like was, spatial knowledge yeah, and spatial stuff. spatial knowledge. You know, I, I grew up in a household that we built and played with everything. My parents were set designers. Like we, we just always oh, were hands on, right? Correct. So like moving into bike world was not that crazy for me as a kid. Right. And then I started so young. And it, it right, very, and you just focused that, yeah. that, that talent in a, in a single area. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I would say the biggest key that keeps me going is always the strive for more. So, I mean, the technology changes so fast and there's so much crazy new stuff that you, it's hard to keep up with. Okay. Um, you know, I still to this day, after almost 20 years, doing it do like what shane used to do back i'd go home and you know, cruise through the shram website and yeah. you know, read about new tech and all this crazy right it's stuff. a good bike porn hey, oh it's always yeah so shram is a nice spot to go to <laughs> sure. it's always the best spot to go to are you kidding me uh, I like, I like yeah, just make sure you put it on incognito mode yeah right yeah, right right there you go um so i would always say you know never think you know everything Okay. Always be open to learning the next thing. I mean, I'm always blown away. I try something, you know, a customer comes in, it's like tubeless setups is a great one. I've been experimenting a lot with different tubeless fluids and valve technology and all, you know, it's always very finicky stuff and it's not quite all as filtered as they like to claim it is. And had a customer come in and was brought his own fluid and was like, try this stuff out. I've never tried it. It works amazing. 
the new orange deals winter stuff. Okay. Um, and you know, and that's just stuff that happens to me every week. It's, right. It, right. Know, I, I mean, for as simple as they are, I mean, yeah. there's a couple wheels, there's a frame. Oh, before. it's, it's intensely complex. I mean, it's it, right. like an hour and a half long conversation. It gets on. intensely, as soon as you start to take it apart, it becomes very, oh, it's insane. yeah, it becomes very complicated. Yeah, I mean, know? me and Shane just earlier today had an hour and a half long conversation on headset sizes. Nice. <laughs> it's insane. That is awesome. <laughs> what did you decide? Uh, there's way too many of them. Yeah. That, uh, that, well, that, we were just kind of trying to figure out, like, what is the, if someone just brings in a random bike and it's like, my headset's broken, there's probably 150 different headset combinations Com right. and sizes variations. and variations out there. So, like, how do you actually figure that out quickly and efficiently, you know, as a service right up in the right. shop type of thing? Right. So that's what we were talking about trying to figure out, which is tricky and like um, each company has their own like nomenclature right so the the knowledge depth is depth is massive um so yeah i mean if you really want to be like a top-notch mechanic you need to push yourself really hard to, to know stay on top of everything. all the changes in the in um, industry yeah and, so, and in addition to what's already already happened oh yeah you know like yeah, going back then, to the then, 50s you know, <laughs> you have a mountain of right. weird stuff that you have to right. remember and a lot of it's you know dead technology now so like right. do you you know, we pride ourselves that we know a lot of, like Shane and Brad know a lot more about vintage stuff than I do. I know a lot more about the new contemporary stuff. Um, but, you know, like knowing, uh, knowing the fact that, you know, there's crazy different threaded bottom brackets out there and, you oh, know, yeah. friend, you know, French stuff is always throwing you off. And, yeah, the, the knowledge base is insane. Um, All right, so what, um, what, what advice do you have for new or young riders? Um, I think some of my advice for new writers it's just don't you know don't assume that people can see you yeah or and also just don't assume that you can see everything i think and just be just being visible you know having good lights wear a helmet i don't know the thing with visibility is that cars are just you know two tons of metal and glass like flying Right. A zillion miles an hour, and they're all the same exact color as the road, or the snow, or the sky. So a lot of times, even during just like dusk hours when everybody doesn't have their headlights on, right. like just a lot that, of cars that, just that. like blend into the background of the road and the sky. Right. Um, I think, you know, just pump up your tires every day. Yeah. Just pump them up. A lot of people who are new riders, they, they haven't invested in flat resistant Kevlar tires or whatever yet. So the best way to stay motivated is to just have a working bicycle and the easiest and best thing you can do is just put air in your tires right. every day. Yeah. What do, you, nice. what do you say? I would I mean safety is key. Yeah, you, yeah, you say, I mean if you're not safe, I, what you know, what are you really doing? Yeah, out there? I mean in the urban environment nowadays with cell phones glued to everybody's hands, like yeah. it's definitely getting worse. We see a lot more crashes and injuries close yeah. to our shop. We know, see a lot of crashes right in front of the store. Yeah. Wow. These new protected bike lanes are a hit or miss. Right, scenario. right, because you can get right-handed. Oh, you can get right-handed <laughs> real hard. <laughs> you can get uh -oh. right-handed, and yeah. then and you also doored. Yeah, doored yeah. by a passenger. Getting doored by a passenger, yeah. like that's a new new game. Yeah, yeah. you think the driver's <laughs> yeah. not looking yeah. for cyclists, the passenger's definitely, definitely not. For cyclists. Right, they're yeah. they're yeah, they're trying to get where they're yeah. trying to go. Yeah. So that's great. Um, let's just wrap this up real quick. Real couple couple quick questions. What's the best bike build you ever did? What's the coolest bike you ever built? Surly Krampus. Surly Krampus. Well, with I-9 wheel set, oh, 
train eagle. Oh, nice. I ride that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was a 1972 Zeus track bike. It's like a Spanish bicycle manufacturer. They became. They turned into Orbea. Oh yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that was like the first from the frame up high-end bike that I ever built. First wheel set I ever built. What color was it? It was like the sky blue, and it had like cool rainbow UCI racing, like rainbow, little rainbow flag stickers on there. Right, right, right. Like world championships. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, if you had to describe your riding style, what would it be? I'm a commuter. I'm. I, I'm just riding to work, going to the grocery store, handling my business. That's a, so a lifestyle. I'm looking for comfy, like, bomb-proof tires and wheels. You know, I got a 1x10 drivetrain, keeps it simple. I basically never change gears. Right, right, Maybe if right. if it's really windy, I will. Yeah, that's what I find in Detroit. Like, like with the... And then I'm just, I'm looking for a bike that is my commuter, but I can just, like, peace out and leave town and go ride to Ann Arbor or, you know, touring, light touring. So what's the deal, Ted? What's your riding style? I'd go with random, maybe? Random? Just do whatever I'm feeling that day. Okay. Yeah, I commute. I don't own a car, so commute every single day, commute everything I need to do, grocery store and everything. Training for a lot of gravel racing this coming spring, so nice. a lot of time on my gravel bike. Finding weird places in the city, doing putting in some miles. Right. So, where, where's your favorite place to ride? Like, if you're, if we're, we're talking to people in a Detroit area. Where, like, where do you like to ride? Belle Isle is. It, I mean, it's a loop, and it's five mile loop, and it's, sometimes it gets boring, but man, it's beautiful out there. It I beautiful. love it. Yeah, it's I like stunning. that. Island. If you're looking for something a little longer, Heinz Drive up to Ann Arbor Trail, getting you out to like Canton, Ann Arbor area. Okay. It's, a little, it's a nice way yeah. to get some like long, good miles out. Right. Um, right. Right. And out there, you can be on the, uh, you can be away from traffic. Yeah, well, that's the big thing. From traffic. All, all these things I'm saying are isolated from traffic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Being away from traffic Being away definitely from traffic. helps. Right, because then you can really just concentrate on the actual cycling yeah. and, the, and your heart rate, you know, feeling the bike. And yeah. Well, I mean, that's also my commute. I live outside the Eastern Market, and I could ride straight here in like two miles. Right. Or what I normally do is take the cut the Tequinter cut down to the riverfront, riverfront over to Corktown, right. and I'm on public streets for quarter mile cycle. Right. and on, you know, bike paths, isolated from traffic for the rest of it. Right. All right, so... Uh, that's my conversation with the people from Metropolis, and I hope you enjoyed. And I hope you go down and check them out because you know yeah, it's a great shop. It's man. a great shop, man. Yeah. We've you know they got everything you need, and they're going to take care of you, and it's not going to be a problem. They're going to be like, no, we don't, nah. you, know, you know, what I mean, they, they they throw pretty good parties there too. Um, yes, they do. I, I am, I am, <laughs> am going to have to concur <laughs> that on several occasions I did party so, yeah. in that in that in that particular bike shop. You, you know, definitely was, have to keep them on your radar. Right, yes, you right, do. Yes, right. you do. Right. So thank you very much. Um, all right. So uh, we traditionally have been doing this. Uh, we have, you know, last couple, last week we did this thing called Three Things, and we seem to like it. Other people seem to like it. So we're going to keep it going. And uh, so we decided we would talk about three ways uh, to kind of stay in shape over the winter. Now, we understand shape is, you know, round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Round is a shape. So, um uh, what is it you you up to, Bobby? What do, what do you what's Bobby doing to, in the winter to stay in shape? Well, you know, you know, it's it's winter time. It's cold out. Not everybody's like so jazzed up to get out and actually 
pull their bike out, you know, even though you, you did the ABCs and you want to get out here in the streets and see how you're performing, you know, you might not feel it. You right. just might right. not feel Some it. days aren't for that. Yes. Right. yes. So there are several things you can definitely do, you know, indoors to, to help keep, keep your, your motivation going um, throughout the winter. Keep those juices flowing. Keep the seasonal depression down. Uh, and for me, sometimes it's just as simple as, as doing regular calisthenics. You know, it could be your push-ups, your sit-ups, your lunges, you know, something just to keep the heart going, easy to do indoors. You don't need any equipment for, you know, you don't need to run out and grab anything. No, push-up, your, your own body right. weight. That's right. it. You know, just just stick to it. I, I, you know, we all have some weight to move around. Let's move it around. <laughs> <laughs> However you do it. You know, if it's right. not going to be on two wheels, then, hey, get on the ground and just push it up. You know. <laughs> you can, can we say you that? Can, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can get on the ground and push it up. <laughs> I didn't say push it out. I said push, push it up. up. <laughs> hey, hey. But, uh, yes, easy calisthenics, push-ups, sit-ups, lunges, you know, some jumping jacks in there. Right. Just get your heart rate up Just for about 20 minutes. Up. Just get your heart right. rate up. Get it moving. You know, right. it, the, the Netflix will definitely keep playing as you continue to do the push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, right. and lunges. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> so, so simple, simple. Mm-hmm. You know, the KISS method. Keep it simple. You don't need to run out, buy a bunch of weights and all this stuff. Right. We'll just end up being your clothes rack later on down the line. <laughs> You know, just do the simple stuff, the stuff we all know. Right, right. That seems to be working for you, so that's nice. Yeah. So what's up, Henry? What what, what you doing? Well, man, so, you know, I really took that this uh, objective seriously this year. Whoa. Um, uh, yeah, even prior to our segment here. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. I thought, I thought, like, you know, <laughs> since we so, show prepped. <laughs> right, you know. Well, I, I, I got tired of the yo-yo weight loss and season and, Put it right back on right over the holidays. So this year I ain't getting no younger. None of us are. No. Um, I want to. Who you are know. you telling? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, I I really took some initiative and uh, really focused on my diet through off season where I'm not riding as much. Um, I'm really working on lowering my sugar intake and my sodium levels. Um, as a start, you know, there's much more to go, right? You know, to keep it going, it's always a, an effort to uh, work with your diet, right? But you look good. I'm trying, I, I gotta say, I'm I gotta trying. be honest, man. You know, well, in conjunction with that, though, I've also hired a trainer. Oh, oh, snap! And <laughs> Hollywood out here, <laughs> <laughs> and they got me to the gym. Okay, so uh, my my trainer, um, she actually provides uh in gym workouts as well as uh real real similar to uh Bobby's uh program at home so I can use my own body weight as well so she's provided a program and uh as long as I just Put on my workout clothes and get there. That's the hardest part. That's always right. the hardest part. <laughs> right. so get into the gym. Just right. get, just get the there. Gym. That's get the hard part. That really is the hard part. That is. So, you know, I've, I've really uh, committed myself not to, you know, gain 30 more pounds like I do every offseason. Right. And, and just try to keep it off and just get lean and get better and more healthier. Yeah, the problem the problem I find because I'm you know I'm the oldest one in the room right now. Like, <laughs> the problem I find is like I'll put the weight on and in April I can have it gone, 
And then when I got older, it was May. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> By June, you know what I'm saying? Like I still got, I, I still got right. way from like a couple years right. ago. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but what I like to do, I like to swim. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that, it it's quiet. Mm-hmm. It's individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nothing, you, no low impact. Low real impact. low impact. Yeah. You know, it's not. I'm not tearing up my joints. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it gives me time to you know, to, to gather my thoughts, sure. you know, you're staring at the bottom of a pool, like what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you just do it and do it and do it. And then when you're done, you leave, you know, yeah. um, and you've worked out and, uh, it's a beautiful workout. I also like to stretch a lot. Sure. You know what I mean? Stretching I, is key. Dude, yeah. when I was a kid and you would be at sports, like whatever the sport was and they would be stretching mm-hmm. and you were like, not Can't even, we just go do right, the no, sport? Not even like, no. Why am yes, I stretching? Right. I'm nine. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you have any idea what I can do? <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I'm like, you, I wish just, I would have yeah, stretched. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about goat yoga. No, but like, no, no, no. You know, no. did I tell you about the time I got kicked out of yoga? <laughs> dude, I got. Do we kicked, have time for that? Dude, we do now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dude, I got kicked out of a yoga class. I got asked to not return to a yoga class. <laughs> only Bruno. Uh, no, not only. Well, yeah, yes, it was only Bruno. Yes, only Bruno. <laughs> there was, I was in class. I was really doing the stuff. I was, like, really feeling it. I was, like, stretching. We're the downward-facing dog and all that stuff. And I was, I was in. And this lady, this lady uh, had flagellants. <laughs> Right, See? It's natural. You know, right. I agree. It's Stop natural. Happens. But it's also natural for me to go <laughs> right. And then and then they call me and, and the lady pulled me to the side <laughs> after and she's like, Maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> and I was like, What are you talking about? And she's like, Well, you know, you can't really embarrass somebody. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass anybody, but <laughs> like I just <laughs> I just I, I snickered a little bit. Like, I'm sorry. And so no more yoga. <laughs> and the last thing, man, the last thing I know um not every day is the day you can get out and ride. Sure. You know what I mean? But if you can, if you can, mm-hmm. like if you can, that one day that the sun's out, it might be a little bit cold, but that one day that the sun's out, go out and spin your bike. Do go out and get there, and that'll remind you why you're doing all these other things. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It keeps you grounded. Excellent, excellent idea. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the other day, it was beautiful and sunny. I was out riding. I'm like, you know what? All these sacrifices make sense. So I'm not coming back in the spring overweight and can't hang up mm-hmm. you know can't mm-hmm. hang with the fellas when yep. we're trying to go mm-hmm. do what we do right. you know do you know, ride you know places on two wheels so and even you know to speak on bruno's even if you know you're thinking mileage okay somebody says i need to ride 30 miles like that doesn't mean you have to go like 30 miles away from the house it could <laughs> literally just be a 30 mile loop. one mile loop around yeah, your yeah, neighborhood just yeah. to build up endurance mm-hmm. you know it's right we're not trying to win a race, you know, it, it's for you. So if even if to stay close to the house helps you, then, you know, download whatever app you choose that's going to keep track of your mileage, go around the block, see what that is, do some math, you know how many times right, you, you figure it the out. Block. Yep. Right, you can yep. figure you it know, out. Nobody said you need to go 30 miles directly away from the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 15 out yeah. and back. No, yeah, no, no, no. The, the and that would be discouraging. Like, that would discourage you. Yes. The, yes. Most, the most important thing is just to get up and do yeah, it. Move yes. it. Move. Yes. Yeah, move something. If you don't right. move and use it, you will lose it. Definitely will. Definitely so that's will. our uh, three ways we stay in shape over the winter. Thanks. All right, now uh, for our uh, calendar segment of our show, um, I'd like to uh, actually add a couple to our list of guys that uh, we mentioned that are hardcore because they ride all year, 
Well, there's two groups that you need to pay attention to. If you uh, do want to ride all year, you can check them out on Facebook. The uh, first group is out of the hub of Detroit. Uh, Andre leads a ride every Wednesday night. Um, he usually does about 15 or 20 miles at about 15 plus average uh, pace. There's also uh, out of Dearborn, Tracy, Bike Dearborn. Um, she does a Wednesday ride as well in and around the city of Dearborn. Uh, you can, again, check your Facebook listing for both of those events that happen to be going on all year and on Wednesday evening. Now, uh, to a good friend of mine, Lisa. She is uh, the lead for Mogo uh, Bike Share Bikes, and they are actually having an event that is coming up on uh, February the 2nd. It's actually... Yeah, that's at Detroit SIP. I'm sorry, not the second. I'm like, that's I'm, the seventh, I'm pushing right? it. No, it's January 31st. January 31st. I, I pushed it a little bit too early. Okay. It's a, uh, actually, right. You're, you're right. At yeah, Detroit it's, SIP. It's, yeah, that's on uh, McNichols. Correct. Right. Between it's, Mary oh, Grove. The new spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Between the McNichols. Coffee spot, right? Yeah, coffee spot. Yeah, between yeah, McNichols, yeah. between uh, Mary Grove and uh, uh, Detroit Mercy. Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's um, on the north side, though. It's yeah, on the other there. side from the school. Right. Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, bro. It's a university. Yeah, university district. Yeah, it's right up street from University District. Right. So, yeah. Right. If you know, you know. Y'all know where that Mickey D's is. <laughs> like you know. Six mile it's Nicky D's. Oh, sorry. Yes. It is. It is Nicky D's. It is Nicky D's and a Mickey D's. But uh, check out the Nicky D's. Yeah, yes. But it's up the street from the from the Nicky D's. Right. right. So, right. that's at uh, 7420 West McNichols to be right. specific. Well, uh, Lisa and her crew at Mogo are coming to the community because they want to expand their Mogo Bike Share program. And they are wish that you join them for a conversation and uh they want your input on where you would like to see these things. Right. They've got uh they got like I read I read recently they have four hundred and thirty bikes out there Correct. in like ten stations. Correct. Right. Yeah, no. you know, Mogo, and they're just looking they're really looking for community input where to put the next couple of stations. Yeah, That's all they they're looking for. They want to expand, they want they're the not, they're not trying to they're not don't want anything from you. No, no, no. They just want to know where can we right. help you with some bikes. That's so it. it's about the community and where right. do you think these bikes be most effective? Um, so it's on the 31st between the, uh, 6 p.m. and 7.30. We also have in Clinton Township, February 2nd, uh, from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., please join the Caramba for the annual I Caramba. It's cold out fact tire and snow bike festival. They will have group rides, fat bike demos, bonfires, chili, tasty beverages, with a hundred of your fellow fat bike riders. Uh, it's a potluck style event, so please bring food, snacks, and other drinks to share. But this is the I Carumba Fat Tire and Snow Bike Festival, February 2nd from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. There's also our our bike club uh, brothers in, in arms, the Midnight Marauders. They are still riding out here in the midnights. They leave from Checker Marauding, uh, February seventh. They leave from Checker Bar at. Oh, I'm sorry. They meet up at ten. Leave uh, promptly at eleven. 
They meet and, they meet up around eight. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they do leave around eleven, so but they meet up a little too. bit early. Yeah, you can, yeah. you can have a cheeseburger <laughs> if you'd like. Yes, yeah, please come down to Checker Bar, have right. a cheeseburger. Right. They meet up like it's like Bruno said, eight to ten. Uh during the winter they do take it easy, so it's not a crazy breakneck speed. They want everybody to come out. And also the Velodrome, as Dale said, February second, February 9th, the Rumble series. Come check out the Lexus Velodrome, Mac and I seventy five. You won't believe it. Thank you all. And just in case you forgot what we're about, the love, benefit, art, events, food, culture, and all you lovely people we need because of bikes from here in our motor city, Detroit, and beyond. Green, green.